0: Everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy,
1: and I'm Joey.
0: Ooh, that was smooth. It <laughs> was smooth and suave. This week, we listened to uh, an album by the band Loathe, or Lotha, as some would say. Uh, the album title is "I Let It In," and it took everything. It came out last year in February, and uh, I picked it because I mean it's been on our list for a bit, and I really like this album and. Last week we did Yezu, which kind of had some some shoegazy rock and some metal stuff, and it just it felt right. It's kind of getting fall-ish outside, so that's kind of where I place this album. But uh, yeah, I dig it, and I hope I hope you all enjoyed it if you listened, and I hope Joey enjoys it. But I guess we're gonna find out starting with uh, the track number one that I'm not gonna segue because I, I don't know how to stay on theme here. But we we gotta we gotta figure that stuff out.
1: But you did it, Jeremy, because track number one,
0: theme. I did it retroactively. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Track number one is theme. So uh, take, it, take it away, Joey. Do you, okay. How you feel? Well, I'll go ahead. The, the I'll... Entire, Your entire impression is based off this one track, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it definitely is, because this track is 100% exactly what the rest of the album sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I say that facetiously, but like, there's a general vibe that comes from this song that I yeah. feel like, even though the music doesn't stay with this this sound, they still keep it. Like this song, it starts out with kind of, it's like a nice and easy kind of sad sounding swell, like very ethereal, very soft. It sounds like it's transporting you somewhere, like deep into your mind. Very yeah. vibey, very ambient. And I, I, I used
0: I, the word vibe so many times in my notes this week.
1: <laughs> well, I did too, and that should give you an indication about how I feel <laughs> because I'm a I'm a vibe man i'm like some people they're hype men i'm a vibe, I'm a vibe man. hell yeah we are the vibe men. we're changing <laughs> the yeah. podcast name to, to vibe vibe men. but yeah it, it's cool it, it just is a like an electronic kind of atmospheric sound scape mm-hmm. that sets the general tone for the album without sounding really too much like the rest of the album i guess yeah But
0: it's kind of like it's got these weird, like uh, whale noises in the (laughs) background. I don't know what what they actually are, but I call them whale noises, which is just kind of like a fun little ambient touch. And then there's like waves crashing on the beach at the end. And then it sounds like someone either closes a tape deck or a door Mm -hmm. at the end of the track, which could be taken as two ways. One, it could be that someone is near the beach and has put this in their tape deck and has closed it, or someone has walked into their home from the beach, kind of a thing. And they're closing that door and then starting on their their daily life or whatever. I don't know. I don't really know what context that gives for the album. But that's uh, just where kind of my mind painted the picture. See, I heard
1: rain. And, like, they were taking oh, steps instill, through it to Waves, interesting. Yeah. But, I don't know. Maybe it is waves. I honestly have no clue. I mean,
0: waves, rain, it's both water. You know, yeah. close enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't want, like, this argument about waves and rains to just, like evolve aggressively you become some sort of aggressive evolution until we're just like fisticuffs
0: yeah but. so to avoid that we should probably talk about track number two aggressive evolution i tried you know it, you nailed it i i i, I tried took maybe maybe had a second of hesitation in there but we got there
1: i definitely did because i wanted to say evolutionize instead of evolve <laughs> yeah well, so
0: that's that's basically the same thing <laughs> we're educated individuals it's fine track number two this is the more typical loathe sound, so yeah. I'll let you take this one as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the ambience of the first song immediately broken by these hard guitars, and what's like it sounds like there's like this electronic. I don't want to say industrial, but I'm gonna mm-hmm. say it oh, yeah. because like I I don't consider this industrial music or anything, but right. it's got that it's got it's some got, influences. Yeah, it's got like that factory electronic sound behind it, where it it almost sounds like a core like metal core or something. Yeah. type type metal that they're actually playing but it's just it's got that shoegazy that ambient atmospheric vibe that it carries yes. from the <laughs> opening song and i it, i'm gonna go ahead and say it here because it's probably gonna get said a lot by me it reminds me of like an alternate universe deftones yeah that, that
0: absolutely
1: yeah like but I fucking love Deftones, so
0: yeah, it's it's very much like, especially in the chorus of this one, it, it hits that kind of like chill vibe that Deftone hits a lot, and it perfectly accents the the very like loud, boisterous kind of like the metal core sound that you that you were describing, and they kind of like blend a lot of those elements together, and some of the like industrial things. There's a lot of like electronic instrumentation and some of that whining and stuff, and that's, that's where Loathe really shines. I think, and that's what makes this album stand out as a whole to me is because it just it, it has a lot of cool shit going on.
1: It does, and like kind of where Deftones came out of the new metal type thing. Not that they were new metal. Right. I know they had a lot of shoegaze influence. They had a lot of like. I think you could still call them new metal. Yeah, they get they definitely get put in that bucket a lot. And I mean, they they have like the the disc str- scratch like vinyl scratch type <laughs> yeah. of like like type stuff especially on some of the earlier stuff that you would put in with new metal i feel like where deftones was kind of like an evolution of the new metal sound with an extra like experimental influences and stuff these guys are like metal core or whatever the newest type of like hardcore metal that's coming right. out they're like that to like yeah. that if I don't know. I don't know how to no. Properly for sure, say it, but... I,
0: I I think you've nailed it. Like, there's a lot of bands out there now, like Architects and and Spirit Box and Ginger and stuff that that's in this kind of heavier hardcore kind of metal. Uh, and this is this is basically the simile for Deftones coming from that instead of coming from the the 2000s and late 90s like new metal and stuff. I think it's yeah. a very good comparison.
1: Well, awesome because uh, I like. I like what Deftones did with the new metal roots. I like what these guys are doing with the newer metal roots. Cause I mean, shoegaze is fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. As, <laughs> as
0: I've discovered, I really love shoegaze and this album I'd heard before, before I really came to that conclusion. And I really like this album because I found it, uh, I guess last year sometime would make sense, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's such an interesting quality and, and the blend that they have with, all of the elements that we've mentioned just kind of come together in a very cool way. Uh, vocally, like they do a, a mix like of the Deftones kind of chill vocals that are very like clean and and melodic and stuff, but there's also a lot of that kind of growling and, and stuff from the more modern kind of gent metal and and whatnot. So you get a good balance. Some tracks are all one or all the other, but I think they they use it sparingly and when it's really needed.
1: Yeah, they they definitely know how to play with the sounds and know when to pull them out. Lyrically, this like, it's it's super vague, (laughs) like very esoteric. And it took me a while to try to get any interpretation of what the message here was. I tried, like I've been trying to these past few episodes at least not look at, because I did notice there were like some interview snippets or Mm -hmm. stuff where they explained it. I was trying not to look at, any of those yeah and what i generally got i didn't know if it was somebody trying to pull someone else out of a destructive life or into a destructive life like addiction like Mm -hmm. uh, or just a general like bad place like somebody's in a bad place and they're either trying to warn people like hey i'm in a bad place don't don't do what i did or if they're trying to be like yeah, come come join me. During come. the dark side. We have cookies. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't I can't make out one or the other, but I feel like that's the general theme.
0: Yeah, I, I this is going to be an interesting episode, and I should have said this at the top. I apologize. This is probably going to be a long episode. I wrote more for lyrics on this than I've written Ooh. for most albums, I think. And I've changed as I go through my notes. Uh, I've, I've hit there were a couple points where I've completely pivoted and so I had to kind of go back and re-explain like explain things in my new theory. I only, <laughs> I only went back at, at the midpoint in this album, essentially, where I kind of had this epiphany of what maybe was going on. Uh, but before we, we get there, we, we got to take this, this song first. And yeah, it's not super well-defined, but I definitely latched onto a theme. And to me, this song was about a person, a protagonist that I later end up calling them that sees the dirty grimy reality while trying to, to have a relationship or to love someone that only sees good. So it's like a pessimist being in love with an optimist. There's a lot of wordplay on this album as a whole about the concept of light. But even in this song there, it kind of shines where there's, that was not, an intended <laughs> pun. I hate myself <laughs> for that, but, uh, there's like he talks about the optimist character kind of being blinded by the sun, and to me, that makes me think of like being unable to see the details in the nooks and crannies where all the shadows kind of tend to fall. And then when the sun goes down, he realizes that they're both going to be in the same world, right? They're dancing under the moonlight. But the pessimist isn't sure that the optimist will be able to recognize all of the bad things that are in the world because the moon is still there, kind of reflecting the light of the sun. So he's, he's the pessimist is, is trying to be like, yeah, the world sucks. And he's trying to like maybe open the eyes of the optimist to the real world, quote unquote, but he's not sure that they can ever get there. And then I, I mar- I'm marked maybe, and this is kind of a full circle for me. I, I noted maybe to go a level deeper, it's his inner pessimist fighting his inner optimist. And he's not sure which one is going to come out on top and he leans or falls back to the pessimist. And he, he's maybe trying to to crush the optimist in him because he doesn't believe that it can ever win kind of a thing
1: i like that second one about he's fighting himself
0: yeah and i will come back to that spoiler
1: alert at the (laughs)
0: very end of the album (laughs) i kind of come back to that and then i at some point in the middle i kind of have a change of heart but we'll, we'll we'll get to that yeah. So I apologize if I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking a lot this episode. So if you don't like the way my voice sounds, maybe click away. And if you don't like a long episode, you probably already clicked away because you saw that this is probably gonna be like a two hour episode. Hopefully not that long. We're gonna try and keep it. But I, I feel like there there's some rhythm that we're gonna to have to find to kind of fit my my broken vision in
1: to to keep this on pace for our usual length. Well. You know what fits in with that uh, Broken Vision Rhythm. Track number three, the one you excellently segued towards. Fucking broken Vision it. Rhythm. <laughs> how did you even do that? I was just sitting here looking at the song title like it was some sort of monolith <laughs> before me. Like I was just a peon looking up at the gods. Like, how am I going to decipher well, this?
0: It's sometimes you just need a Broken Vision vision to <laughs> kind of go with it. But yeah, track number three, Broken Vision Rhythm. This one immediately comes in with the heavy kind of gentile core metal influence stuff, but it kind of feels more thrash metal to me than like the, the typical modern gen. Cause it's very like upbeat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's still some very heavy, thick breakdowns in it, but the intensity kind of just feels different. There's not as many shoegazy chill sections in this one, but it still kind of bathes in the electronic effects that they like to put in. And then it fades out on some ambient effects that lead into the next track, which is something I noticed for the good first half of this album all of the songs are kind of uh, continuously mixed together so that they kind of blend together, which is very nice. I like it when albums do that.
1: Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite things is like having an album that feels kind of like a continuation of one long song, just with little bits. It's just, it's something great. And you know what else is great? Like you mentioned the fucking electronic sounds on here, give it such like a cold and ominous feeling. Yeah, And it's just, it's so dark. Like it's just bleak and it's great. And yeah, I mean
0: coming from a band named Loathe and the album yeah. title I let it in and it took everything like it's already like kind of riding that line but with just hearing their sound it's so like it's so dark and I don't know a better way to describe that.
1: Yeah, it's it's very like it's like they've you've already let sadness consume you yeah. in a way. And I mean I don't know with it like you said the name of the band is Loathe, the album is I let it in and it took everything that could be, if it didn't hit that mark, it could be kind of cheesy with how over the top it was for sure. But it, it fits because of the way that they make their music. It's just, it delivers on that. I agree.
0: 100%. (laughs) Uh,
1: But the drumming on here is great. Like it starts, I don't know. They have a lot of these like breakbeat type things. Whenever Mm -hmm. they get these more aggressive passages, and it just sounds really frantic and super yeah. cool. <laughs> the guitar, it has like a super chunky bass quality to it. So it almost sounds like it's, I don't know, like in Korn's bass lines, there's yeah. Fieldy. He does
0: slap in the fucking loose bass strings.
1: Yeah, where it sounds like it's just metal hitting metal, but it's a bass. And yeah. that's kind of what they get here. And it's super cool. Uh, and it's got some nice riffage and harmonies to ca- to counterbalance that really dark ominous chugging that they get Yeah, at a they, lot of they really
0: hit that wide spectrum and i think that's kind of maybe why i'm i'm kind of coming around to shoegaze now is that like it it does hit a very wide spectrum it has really low lows and it has really like high washed out highs especially mm-hmm. specifically in this album not in shoegaze in general but like this album like it captures such a width of sound that i shit on daniel uh <laughs> call, what's his name
1: collier jacob collier jacob why he collier? daniel i
0: don't know who uh, daniel is
1: uh, I don't know. Daniel like, Caesar. He know, he had a song friends. with Jacob Collier.
0: But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, there's a width to it that I feel is impressive and enjoyable that I didn't get with Jacob Collier's width. And I, I don't know if that, that's just something I got to deal with, I guess.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a different style of music. I feel oh, like for sure. along with the gaze, there comes the warmth of sound all around you. Mm-hmm. And while the jazz pop blends that Jacob Collier has are super dense, it doesn't necessarily feel like a blanket. It feels like you're being surrounded, I guess, I rather like than a warm dip into a bath or something. <laughs> Thank you
0: for justifying my irrational thoughts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what I'm... That's I spend my entire life justifying <laughs> irrational thoughts. The least I can do is help you.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, lyrically, uh, this one... To me, in my, in my narrative, not that there's really much of a narrative at this point, but uh, I didn't really go with the inner struggle yet. This one felt like it was more about just feeling worn down by the state of society and how people in power use it and use people below them and then just discard them and, and just manipulate people. So the only way that lower people can main maintain some sort of sanity is by blocking it all out typically turning maybe to alcohol and drugs to the point where they don't even see reality anymore. And I think this kind of goes along with the theme of the prior track with the pessimist or realist trying to get the world of the delusional drones to wake up and see that they're really just being used as disposable pawns and they're just being too optimistic about their state of things that he wants to snap them out of.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I got. And it's definitely, it's a message that I... I I hate that it exists, but I like, I like songs about it. Yeah. It's, it's a very, uh, very deep, very, I don't know, nihilistic, but it's not because it's (laughs) true. Yeah. And
0: and I think that's where this album sits for me is that like the, the protagonist, as I end up calling them, is very like much on that wavelength of just like, it's, it's borderline like nihilism and pessimism and, and quote unquote realism to what they would think. But, it's it's still like i don't know it it rides a line that i really like
1: yeah i definitely feel that whenever i take the long walk from my bedroom up the stairs to my office every morning and i'm like (laughs) i used to feel it more when i was sitting in traffic for fucking 40 minutes every morning but now it's like i don't have to do that but then there's all these people talking about like well you have to come back in the office for what and i'm like for what Pay me more. <laughs> yeah, Pay exactly. me for the time that you I have to work without working, where I'm just <laughs> sitting in my car. I would be choosing to sit in my car, like Seriously. for hours a day. That's that's neither here nor there. I, that is <laughs> the song is just about being a worker bee, buzzing along, not even questioning shit, and not even being able to see stuff to question. Like yeah. that game, We Happy Few, where you like have to take your take your happy, happy pills, pills. Yeah. and if you don't take it. Everything's like all it's black and, Joy, white and shit. I think
0: is what they call it. I, think I haven't it was. played that game. I want to play it, but I've not gotten around to playing
1: it. I haven't played it either. I'm a phony.
0: <laughs> what a fucking loser <laughs> lying on the internet, <laughs> Joey. You need to go take a, a good long look in the two-way mirror and think about what you've said.
1: If I took a good long look in the two-way mirror, wouldn't I just see what was on the other side of no, the two-way
0: mirror? No, that's a
1: one-way mirror, right? Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe- yeah, see,
0: I, okay, so try number 4 is two-way mirror. Here's yeah. a segue this is this is where i was I, calling it a two way mirror seems explicitly like it's not just a mirror right but yeah. a one way mirror is a mirror that you can look through on one side
1: right maybe a two way like maybe since so it you think it's
0: more of a window and less of a mirror
1: yeah like but that's the thing I always like in cop shows you'd be like it's a two way mirror or something is do what they i say p- that i or think do they say so. it's a one way mirror
0: I don't know. Maybe it's a one... mirror. It's a mirror one way. Like you, when you're on one side, you can only see the mirror.
1: You know, I'm not sure. both
0: sides, A two way mirror. At least in my mind, is a mirror that is a mirror on both, like in both ways. I think on it's both like sides, you. You see a reflection.
1: I, it might just be one of those sayings that doesn't make any sense. Like you That's got true. your work. You got your work cut out for you. Which. <laughs> means it's hard work, but if you, if your work was already cut out for you, like it would like, be easier to do. It would be super easy. So like yeah. It, unless there's something I'm just too stupid to get there, it seems like <laughs> also, that saying. Also, really I, I think
0: sense. I think Loathe is a British band, so maybe maybe they say some something slightly different than how we say them over here.
1: Yeah. But to keep with the theme, I think I think the the title of Two Way Mirror keeps re- regardless of I guess which one it is, I think it keeps with the the solo perspective type deal where it's like, he's looking inward, I guess, or fighting with parts of himself. Cause it's like, I don't know. It, it makes yeah, me think either, of like, either.
0: He's seeing his reflection and he's seeing himself that way, or he's looking through it and he's yeah. seeing what's inside kind of a thing. Or if there were two characters, right. And they're both looking at a two way mirror that is reflective on both sides. They're looking at each other, but only seeing themselves and which is kind of, Maybe Ooh, that's where a... I went, but man, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll get there anyways, musically. Cause we always start with music yeah. <laughs> before lyrics anyway. Well, usually I guess, I think this is one of Loth's biggest hits. And uh, this is also the song that I mentioned. Soft cult uh, was accused of ripping off when we did our soft cult episode. They kind of, I, I don't, I'm not going to say they got into trouble
2: yeah. for
0: doing so, but soft cult made a song that was greatly inspired by perhaps this song <laughs> to the point where people were accusing them of stealing the song. Uh, but yeah, it's a super vibey shoegaze rock track. This one specifically, I noted, would not feel out of place at all on a Deftones album. Yeah. because ba- it has that vibe.
1: <laughs> I was about to say that it's like uh, Soft Cult got, got ripped on for for ripping off this song. And then it's like, this song sounds like it could <laughs> a be a Deftones F-tone song.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's that's why I'm not like taking a firm stance on saying yeah. that Soft Cult was in the wrong. But uh, I think there was there was more reason to suspect soft cult and that the like the the chord structures and everything else was very yeah. similar as well but yeah it this one it's a deftones kind of chill vibe song that I, I really enjoy about three minutes into the song the song kind of ends quote unquote trailing off with some like ambience and then there's like a quiet vocal snippet that comes in and then surprise it's just the bridge and then there's <laughs> the final chorus kind of comes in with a, a nice bang at the end
1: I like that. Surprise, it's the bridge. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you think the song's over, but it's just begun. And yeah. by that I mean it's just about to end.
1: <laughs> Dude, I fucking love this song. It's so good. It is. Like, it I, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite song on the album because it's not, but
0: Do you have a favorite one marked out? I do. Am I gonna play the guessing game?
1: You can. Go okay. for it.
0: Okay. We're gonna Don't uh, guess this song. I'll, I'll have to think about it.
1: Okay. Okay. But yeah, I like it. It it sounds like a Deftone song. Uh, and it, it as the song goes on, it seems to get more into Deftones territory. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, this is, uh, I don't want to be controversial or, or have a hot take on this, but I think this is probably the quote-unquote poppiest song mm-hmm. on the album, the most accessible yeah. song, because it kind of has, a, not really a commercial rock sound to it, but again, it's very Deftones, so it's not something that like, it's something that already appeals to a lot of people, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, and it's it's Deftones in the way that like Deftones lighter songs are. They're more right. popular songs because there's definitely sides of Deftones that are like get at like intense like oh, this album sure. gets. Yeah. But it's just those typically don't make it onto the radio,
0: <laughs> right? The, <laughs> they're happier. Well, not happier. They're happier sounding songs. I yeah, guess, the lighter, the the more clean vocals and stuff. But uh, yeah, lyrically, <laughs> I noted, I'm not sure if it's just the way of the podcast at this point, but I get some kind of religious vibes here. Like, there's, yeah. there's some religious indoctrination happening. And uh, in my story, at least up to this point, he talks about a, he, he had a life that was lived twice. And he talks about hoping to find faith and mimicking others that presumably have found faith, which kind of made me think of like a child being baptized and wanting to be included in something that they don't really understand or believe, and that might just be the, the Bible Belt in me talking. Uh, <laughs> but I thought, okay, well, maybe if I'm trying to tie this in, maybe this is the pessimist trying to cleanse his negative thoughts and see things more optimistically if it is an internal struggle.
1: I, yeah, I couldn't tell. I still think it's from like an adult's perspective, I guess. I don't know if it's somebody losing faith or somebody trying to get it. Mm -hmm. It seems like it could be either somebody who once felt like they had faith, like the pessimist, maybe once they had faith and now they're seeing all this bullshit around and they're losing it, but they still want to go through the motions because they think maybe it'll come back or there's plenty of people out there who just think like, ah, if you go to church on Sunday, you're good. So (laughs) maybe they're of that mindset and it could be the, maybe the optimist seeing everybody like he's all about, looking on the bright side of things like maybe he's discovered this thing that helps other people and he's like ah maybe maybe this will help me be able to spread even more positivity or something but he doesn't he's not fully in it and he's kind of just there i guess right which seems less likely but i don't i couldn't couldn't figure it out
0: yeah it's it's not super clear but it seems we both got similar vibes in it. maybe we can come back in about 450 no let's make it 451 days and and reassess just when we have a a new perspective on what's being said
1: yeah well uh we'll start then synchronize my watch okay like what's that like next uh october yeah november yeah sure i'm not gonna do the math and figure it out me either i'm just gonna move on to track number five 451 days nice (laughs) we're killing it (laughs) this one it starts out it has a simple similar ambient track feeling as theme Mm -hmm. but where you can hear like conversations in the background over this what washy atmosphere i don't know what is being said exactly in these conversations i did read that it's Nina Simone and interesting which is super cool because I want to listen to some Nina Simone and it made me listen to some Nina Simone (laughs) but it uh, it was her generally talking about standing against like against the odds against adversity so I I it kind of went along with not like the upbeat feeling of the song it didn't have an upbeat feeling but it was it was like your you've been working a long time and you're finally getting through something like you're finally starting to see the other side. You're not really close, but it's like you've had a long journey and you're okay with the journey at this point because it's been so long and hard and you're just kind of used to it at this point, but you start to crest crest something like hope maybe.
0: That's interesting. I got a completely different vibe from the song. I didn't look up anything about the lyrics well, quote-unquote lyrics, they're, they're like there's vocal samples in it, but uh, I just, I felt like with those kind of, like, quiet and, and muttered, like, vocal samples combined with the floaty, atmospheric music, it kind of made me feel like someone drifting off to sleep in front of a TV kind of a thing, and it has a bit of a dark tone to it, at least that I got from it, so I, I was thinking, okay, maybe this is, maybe not the sleep of rest, but the sleep of death or depression, Kind of a thing where he's he's kind of going in the opposite direction of what you were saying. <laughs> where it felt like this is kind of a more permanent, maybe not permanent, so maybe not death, but like it didn't feel like it was a good direction that was that was being represented.
1: Well, I will say, keeping in theme with the album, you're probably right. But, but you know what? I'm, this will be our weekly time when we invite the artist to come by and tell us that yeah, we're wrong, clear, tell-
0: cl- clear shit
1: up. Tell me, tell me what what you're thinking, because you owe that to me, right? Is that is that what I'm saying? <laughs> well, here? I
0: mean, to be fair, <laughs> l- like you, you mentioned earlier, on on th- they've talked about this album, yeah. So, I mean, the answers are probably already out there. We just didn't read them because yeah, who but... wants to do research, man? We like to talk about what we feel.
1: Exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. Like this whole thing, this whole musical journey, sharing musical experiences. It's more about what what we get out of the music yeah, than what is, I guess, explicitly intended to be gotten out of the music.
0: Right. And it's good for community building. Hey, if you're listening, you know, check us out on social medias, let us know what you think about this album and this. Yeah. Album. Cause cause I, really though, like that's kind of like, that's why we do this, right. Is because not necessarily because we want to learn factually what the artist was thinking, even though sometimes that is very cool and it's fun to do it's more just sharing music with each other and seeing how our thoughts differ on things like that, or how they kind of align and just kind of kind of talking it out. Cause you know, sh- sharing is caring and sharing is caring. So Loth, if you'd like to come on the show, uh, maybe when we're uh, seeing each other in person, we could have some l- nice ambient lighting. It's not going to be too bright. It's not going to be too dark, but it'd be nice to see some, you know, some new faces in the, the semi dark darkness.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if we turned lights all the way down, we'd get to uh, track number six. New faces in the dark, <laughs> all the dark, all the way dark,
0: all the way dark. It's not. It does. It's just called new faces in the dark.
1: Yeah, not all the way dark. There is no all the way. There is no almost. There is no semi. Yeah, it's just dark. I mean, there
0: there could be a semi in the dark, but <laughs> they're usually we could is. maybe <laughs> we could maybe maybe slow dance in the dark. If we oh to my god, the Joji, but track and, number six. <laughs>
1: Yeah, track number six, Two Faces in the Dark. <laughs> we, have we said that enough yet?
0: <laughs> Contrasting the dark ambience of 451 Days, this one starts with a very like, bright and high kind of guitar chords that are strumming. It kind of has a frantic feeling to me, and then some ambience kind of slowly f- flows in, and then you get just hammered with the the kind of thick, jinty bass jolt to kind of kick the song off. Uh, there's some really cool, like, super distorted and robotic filters that go on some of the vocals in the song that give kind of an inhuman quality to the vocals and it makes me feel like it's an, in, an invasive thought perhaps like there's just some voice in your head that's like foreign to you but it's telling you things and the clean vocals underneath supporting the other harsh vocals just give a lovely effect around the two minute mark the song kind of abruptly transitions into some more like echoey ambience with almost industrial sounds It's the first call for industrial that I put in my notes (laughs) at least. And it just feels like I'm walking through like an abandoned warehouse or something. And then it goes right back into the the heavy, intense screaming and metal and stuff. And then it ends super abruptly, unlike other tracks as far, which I've noted were kind of like continuously mixed. This one just kind of falls.
1: Yeah, this one, I don't, I guess that's a stylistic choice because this song is just, I don't know not not choppy in the way that it sounds like nothing is finished but very like abrupt just yeah, all through it. And that's
0: abrupt. That's a good good word to describe the song.
1: Abrupt. That filter that they have that you said was robot, it reminded me of like any supernatural show when they have like a demon <laughs> yeah. on, on it. <laughs> it sounds like the filter that they put over their voice just very scratchy, kind of like has that echo behind it or just another where it does like the pitch shift, but still Mm -hmm. keeps the original shift or pitch. And it's just really weird and echoey and grating and growly. And it's, it sounds super cool and it fits the song. (laughs) So, you know, I, I, I like things, who would have guessed? You like things.
0: So it's safe to say you're liking this album so far.
1: Yeah, so far. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there when we get there.
0: But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a great reveal at the end where you hate this album.
1: Secretly, everything I said, it was opposite day. I hate it all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Lyrically, this is the point where I f- acknowledge that like, I've been calling them optimist and pessimist, but I feel like at this point it's more of an antagonist and a protagonist. And the song seems to be about the antagonist to me, where it's, it's she's this two-faced individual that is potentially using the protagonist as a tool in whatever way she needs it at the time. Because uh, he mentions that she calls upon him to aid her, she calls for help, and he abides out of both love and fear. Should his or should her wrath kind of be pointed at him for failing or whatever? And this is kind of where I was thinking maybe this is still tying into the religious theme and the antagonist of the album is God, where followers of God love him more than anything, but also fear his wrath more than anything. And I think the song could then be about how twisted and demented God really is abusing his worshipers to do his bidding kind of a thing and threatening to smite them if they don't comply. And I backed out a bit. And I was like, okay, or maybe it's just about the generic person in power that I mentioned a few songs ago, you know, whether it's a president or a ruler or a CEO or whatever, just someone in power, manipulating people below them. So I kind of, i got a few different directions to go with this one. And then a couple songs from now, I'll kind of nail it down to one. And then I'll later, even further, I'll, I'll, I'll nail that nail in a different <laughs> direction. So, my, my notes are a bit scattered this week.
1: You're good. Cause uh, I also kind of think it's supposed to be open to interpretation. Like it's just a power right. position, at least in this song. Like I feel like it's so open-ended that it can't just be about one thing. It's got to be about just people who are, abuse power in general or yeah. abuse others to get power, I guess.
0: But then how's that tie in with the, the internal optimist and pessimist? Because maybe... Is the pessimist the one in power at that point, manipulating the... I don't know, it feels like the other way is true, like... Because he talks negatively about the quote-unquote optimist figure, at least in my mind. So he's... Maybe I guess it's just a perspective thing, right? Where the villain to the bad guy is the good guy, kind of a thing.
1: See, there's... uh, There's a song a little bit later where I... And I'm sure you have some... Some words about this as well, <laughs> but uh, I think I think it talks about the inner abuse, I guess. Yeah. So, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll
0: come back to that discussion. We'll,
1: we'll table that for now. Table that we'll, for now. We'll, we'll come back. Table that in in the room on the East Wing. Everybody like they went nuts for <laughs> communism a while ago, and they paid that whole thing red, so it's just the red room over okay. there.
0: So we'll put it we'll put it in a table in the red room, and come back to it later but right now we're gonna talk about truck number seven red room
1: yeah red room not red rum not red rum and i don't know why it's called red room is like so
0: i i saw this uh later on in one of the other tracks i did look at a genius annotation (gasps) i know i know (laughs) but uh red room is alluding to the literal room that they recorded in oh Uh, I I, I don't know what that means as far as the album because again at this point especially on the song I I hadn't seen that but apparently the room that they recorded was in like a shed or something and it just had like a red light in it so that that was the red room for them was just where they go to like perform and record their music
1: well you know that's
0: uh that's pretty cool actually yeah I don't know what it has to do with the story of this album but well maybe
1: (laughs) maybe it was just like I don't know they wanted to I don't know. I was going to try to come up with something, but like, I can't. Yeah. I, just... I
0: think, I think this one, maybe I, I did end up reading. I, I don't remember. One of the tracks on here was recorded in the red room or, or the, the, cause this, the song has three sections to it. Essentially. There's like an intro section then there's the middle section. And then there's an ending section and the middle section, I believe it was for this track. I'm probably going to get yelled at on the internet by nobody because nobody listens, so I'm just going to say it. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think the middle section of this was a song that they recorded in the Red Room, and they it wasn't initially going to be on the album, and then they kind of came back and they're like, yeah, let's, let's put it on there, and then we'll surround it with these kind of more ambient things to make it fit in the album better.
1: I could totally believe that because it does, it's like they put a crazy song in the middle of some ambience atmosphere that they were going to throw into the album like yeah it
0: it starts off it's kind of suspenseful at the beginning yeah
1: and then it cranks up with like these fucking pounding drums and electronics like they are so good at putting energy into the music yeah and it's like this is i think a good a good show of how much sound they can put out without getting the typical wall of sound that you get with shoegaze music. Cause you think right. of wall of sound and it's warm. And this is like the pounding side of that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Not, not, I don't, I know you didn't like Jacob Collier, but this right. is like the type of surrounding of sound that I like from Jacob Collier's music. And they brought it into metal. Interesting. So.
0: Yeah. I also like the sound on this song specifically. I, I clearly agree with you to some extent, because I, I wrote that the drums and the, the guitar come in halfway and it's it's very intense and it's raw, and then I noted that I like that they make the instruments quote-unquote scream as well as the <laughs> vocals so that they don't, like, they're, they're not leaning on just the vocal screaming to get across the aggression. They make their instruments and their sounds kind of scream with them or instead of them to kind of carry that same sensation of, like, anguish and aggression through their instruments and not while someone's actually singing
1: or screaming at you. Yeah, you can feel it that's it's cool <laughs> i want to know how they do it because uh that's a super cool effect and yeah. i like that analogy like i didn't even think about it because there's so many parts on this album where it's just so loud but not in like a you turn up the volume really loud way right in like a oh just this sound you could put it you could make it the quietest sound in the room and it's still gonna sound loud yeah it's very cool.
0: They they've they've done their studio time clearly and they <laughs> they figured some cool shit out. But yeah, just as quickly as that kind of middle section comes in and rises, it subsides and it just ends on some more kind of chill
1: ambient noises. And so lyrically, there's only lyrics in the middle section. Yes. And there are very few lyrics. And I don't know what <laughs> I don't have a through line here so yeah If mean, you have a through line save me
0: yeah, well it's it's pretty short and vague, right and especially if this was a song snippet that they had and they just kind of threw in as kind of an afterthought deal not that that's taking away from the album as a whole because I don't think that's fair to them because this album's fantastic and I love it but the lyrics just say lie, breathe, feed, withering and jealousy do you believe that it that it was ever worth it? and it repeats that again. But uh, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's so simplistic and vague that it could mean almost literally anything. Like, clearly he's targeting somebody and saying that they're a shitty person, so I just kind of painted that person as the antagonist character that I've made and said that he's just, like, just not happy with them and he's, he's just calling them out. And that's what I got.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's the optimist talking to the pessimist and he's thinking, wouldn't that be some shit? The optimist is the bad guy. The pessimist is the good guy. And the optimist is like, you're just jealous that you can't see the good things that I see. Yeah, and
0: that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, this whole album, from the the pessimist-optimist character perspective, it seems like the pessimist is the one being abused by the optimist in some ways. And that's why it's kind of interesting. And it's also why I changed it from pessimist and optimist to uh, protagonist and antagonist, kind of a thing. With the optimist being the antagonist, despite optimism generally being the, the happier, lighter side. I Fuck suppose. optimism! I agree, man. Who I'm wants right that there with you? I'll be, I'll be screaming it off the fucking rooftops with you if we ever oh. get on rooftops together.
1: Stand, standing on the rooftops ready to fall talking about track number eight screaming
0: <laughs> yes not the rise against song ready <laughs> to fall but track number eight
1: screaming <laughs> is that song called what's that song called is it called rooftops or ready to fall i think it's called ready to fall okay because i haven't listened to right it might against. be a subtitle
0: oh. thing it might be like rooftops parentheses ready to fall kind of a thing okay.
1: i just remember seeing so many montages of on early youtube of like people <laughs> like sniping on call of duty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like, bam we're shooting yeah. people <laughs> standing on the rooftops ready to fight. talk
0: shit man i love that album maybe oh maybe. it's a good album wait it's i don't even totally. know if that's the album i don't know we're, we maybe we'll do a rise against album at some point maybe i have a soft spot for some of their older older albums
1: but track number eight screaming
0: screaming so That's not, what it's I'm called. Not, I'm not going to scream it at you.
1: But. That's good, because then you'd have to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: just slap a compressor on it and hope it works. <laughs> but yeah, this one's another less heavy track. It's just kind of got this good groovy rock feel to it. It's got some nice fuzzy guitar, the very clean drum sound. I, I love the sound of the drums on this album. The The vocals are very reverby, as expected in this kind of music, and it's just chef's kiss kind of a thing. Chef's kiss. The harsh vocals wow. do still show up. But the music doesn't really change to reflect it as much. It it doesn't get like to that jenty level that the other songs have been. Uh, there's a lot of vocal layers that I noted in this one that are, he they do a lot of background vocals where there's like ooing and awing and it's just it adds so much texture to it. That's just it's beautiful. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it makes me want to see kind of how how it would look to put it into like audio software or something, right? And like how individual many individual tracks? Yeah, that I feel like just mixing this would take years <laughs> but it's worth it because it sounds super cool and it it reaches kind of that deftones general direction mm-hmm. that we had on like two-way mirror but it doesn't it doesn't hit it as close it sticks more to their style i think yeah like he's got um some of the reverby vocals that you would hear on like a deftone song or something but he has some a more powerful clean clean voice in this yeah. one And I really like that. I like his voice like that. I mean, I like I like his screaming, his growls, his everything else. But that voice right there, it was nice to see come through as like something truly their own. It it felt like a a big moment whenever I heard it. And I don't know why it stuck out so much to me. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is one of my favorite tracks on the album. I, I don't know if I have a favorite track on the album per se, but this is one of them for sure. Because like a, it's the longest track on this album, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it. it it's not like a negative thing to say that it's worth every second of the song. I it just it's it's so good. Just it's so co- cohesive. I think is the thing. Like this song really captures all of the elements that make up this album in a very like cohesive
1: way, and it never really strays from their sound. And lyric, are you ready to move on to lyrics? Sure because I actually got a semi clear picture of what the lyrics meant on this interesting.
0: So before you go into it, I'm going to let you go first, but this is the one where I've kind of pivoted to a new narrative. Oh, sweet Lord. So, so go for your end.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, so I got it. What I got from the song was like trying to distance yourself from a situation And trying to see the gray area, not just black and white, which kind of the black and white to me represented the internal struggle that this person is seeming to have the two sides of themselves, the protagonist antagonist. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to find a middle ground like to, it seems like a lot of this album is vaguely talking about a big event or a big, I guess, lifestyle their lifestyle being fucked over by people in power. And they're trying to remove themselves from how emotional that the pessimist feels towards it, where they're like, this is fucked up. This is crazy. I can't, how can I live with this? And they're trying to like, remove themselves from those feelings to be able to maybe see a way out, maybe see a way that both sides of the brain can work together to see a way out, or just to see it in a more, I guess, logical situation. Like maybe he's trying to bring the, Protect or the antagonist down to his level to be like, Look, not everything's crazy, we just got to meet in the middle, or not everything's good, we just got to meet in the middle. And the optimist is like, Not everything's super shitty, we got to meet in the middle type deal.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that, and it's not super far off of anything that I've written for any of the songs at any point in this, <laughs> this thing, but uh, uh yeah, I, this one's clearly criticizing the antagonist. And this is where I was like, maybe he's also criticizing himself for getting caught up in this cycle of destruction, is what I've called it, where the protagonist was sucked back in into a mirror, which is kind of that that baptism kind of thing, where he got sucked back into believing the way that the antagonist believes. But he's once again at this point starting to realize how fucked up the situation is, and the antagonist has pulled the wool over his eyes, I think he says, distracting him from the carnage that surrounds her. Because I think I'm pretty sure he starts calling her out at some point, but uh, he he's he's starting to see through the wool that she's pulled over his eyes, and he he's at the end he kind of cheekily I think this is what my interpretation was he he asks her to put the wool over his eyes again as he leaves because the song's about him kind of leaving distancing himself because he just wants to forget that all of this has happened and that he he just wants to put it behind him even if that means kind of pulling one last delusion onto himself what with that being said i've kind of like retroactively went back and bulleted very brief points about the other tracks that kind of fit that so at the beginning aggressive evolution is him seeing the truth he's he's outside of this loop of this destructive loop or he's seeing the destruction for what it really is and then in broken vision rhythm He's getting intoxicated to kind of forget reality because of how shitty it is. that he's Now that he's seen the truth, he's trying to just like dissociate from it in a way. So he's getting intoxicated and then two-way mirror comes in and it's, he's being born again, perhaps in the antagonist faith because he was intoxicated in the prior track. It's easy for her to kind of loop him back in because he's kind of feeling numb. He's kind of looking to get away from seeing the truth she's bringing him back into the fold and saying, okay, like now you're coming back Four fifty-one days is just kind of that ambient warm wash of serenity kind of a thing coming over him where he's just subdued. And then new faces of, in the dark comes in. The antagonist is using the protagonist as a pawn again, but the pawn's not realizing it at this point out of love and fear. And then red room, the protagonist starts to wake up and he's starting to call her on her bullshit. And then you come screaming, the protagonist realizing that he was duped and he's starting to run from the cycle again, Damn. so it is kind of the cyclical nature of him like seeing the truth, realizing that shit sucks, so he's kind of like intoxicating himself to forget that, and then getting pulled back into the the delusion that the optimist character or the antagonist character seems to have, and then slowly waking up and seeing that it's shit again, and then repeat kind of a thing,
1: man. You know, I didn't fully believe you whenever you were like, "I put a lot more thought into the lyrics." <laughs> yeah, I—I <laughs> I, I, I like, don't know why. Okay.
0: It just there were there were so many things that I was that I guess because a lot of it is vague. I was there were several potential theories in my mind, and then as I got more detail, it, it was more like confirmation for some theories and refuting of other theories at, at points, I guess. But don't worry, it all goes out the window at some point hell towards yeah. the end I, I don't know i don't know how it is with me i, I don't know how it is with you but was fucking my my notes are all over the place might might have you asking if it's really me <laughs> doing this because i don't ever talk so much about lyrics but
1: I, w- I was gonna go there and then i was like is he gonna go there and then we went to track number nine is it really you it is it is really me thank you for asking <laughs> so this <laughs> one <laughs> this one it starts out with like that it's got a really wavy sound yeah. word i haven't used in a little bit yeah got a wavy i, I
0: specifically avoided using it in my notes cuz i wanted to see if you would use it
1: i'm definitely going to use it cuz it's got that sound i was not expecting it and it just an overall very vibey opening yeah and this it's not my favorite song on the track or on the on the album so i'll go ahead and give you that one Hmm. (laughs) okay
0: okay Okay. i think i know what it is then i think i agree with you
1: oh okay well it's
0: one of two options at this point so yeah
1: yeah well we'll see if you got your 50 50 choice right but uh yeah you get that nice wash of sound that you'd hear from something that's even more on the shoegazy spectrum so they, Mm -hmm. they dip into that a little bit more on this song uh his singing here reminds me a lot of Cheeto from the Deftones, yeah, or from the Deftones, from Deftones. <laughs> who, are, who are the Deftones? I mean, that's a classic, classic mistake. But happens not to a lot of bands. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not his exact sound, I guess. It's more of the inflections that he puts on some of it. He's just got that really ominous, kind of creepy way of singing that he-, he could be singing anything, but it's still gonna make you feel kind of on edge or alone and afraid of wondering what's going on around you. And
0: they really nailed the atmosphere of this album.
1: (laughs) They really did, especially because it starts to pick up as the song goes on. And then there's just so many sparkly spacey sounds towards the last chorus that just give it this. It feels like you're in his mind and his mind is this is just like space. It's just alone and empty and it just, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like you've been directly injected into somebody else's head.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it is very empty. Like this this album feels empty despite having a lot of shoegaze, which is known for being specifically not empty. Right? It's being <laughs> full of sound, but the way they, they use it, they just I guess that accents the, the quieter parts where there's not as much going on to, to get a really cool effect. Even at the end of this track, there's like a stripped down acoustic section. Towards the end of the track, which obviously is unexpected thus far in the album, but it's really refreshing and it really grounds the song before it kind of warps up and gets some like reverse sound cues coming in and goes into Gord, which is the next track. But we'll, we'll get there.
1: Well, you know what? You just gored that segue, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I I, ro- I realized I wrote the track name in my notes and I was just reading it and then I was like, oh, well, okay. I just, I just the thing. but it's fine. It's Lyrically, fine. Uh, in trying to fit the themes that I established in the last track, I felt like this is the protagonist now has good distance from the antagonist, right? He left in the last track and he's looking back at her and he can't believe that she's become, or he can't believe what she's become. If I could read my own notes or what he's seeing her as he's devastated. He misses her to some degree because it was kind of like this warmth, like, and again, I'm using her as a kind of a vague antagonist figure, Maybe not like a literal woman kind of a thing. Uh, And he's possibly yearning to return to what he left. Uh, And it seems, at least in this one, it seems more of like a romantic on-again-off-again relationship kind of a thing. But that could also be kind of metaphorical for someone losing their faith, like you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, this one, I got kind of the same general vibe. Related more to the person they were in power that they were previously talking about, who kind of has that abusive relationship with them, just that general person. And like, it seems to talk about their relationship with that person where, yeah, they're, they have their distance now and they're just kind of reminiscing for the, what they remember in their, like what their brain is telling them they remember about, like where you have that to, to, to I guess relate it to a relationship like that moment where you meet someone you're kind of still in that early stage where everything's fucking like new and crazy and you're yeah. you're like going outside of your comfort zone whatever like you all are going out and doing crazy shit and you feed like when two I guess toxic people or whenever somebody knows how to manipulate that type of feeling can right. get can just I don't know you fly away together and implode yeah. And that's kind of what I don't this... remember
0: what album it is. We've talked about this before where I, I think you you mentioned something about like two two people that are so angled in such a way, I guess, makes the highs super high. But with that, the lows are super low kind of a thing. And at least with with this song and this album in the context, it seems like... The highs are kind of starting to wash over the lows, where you're only kind of focusing on the highs, and you're kind of missing that.
1: Yeah, you gotta chase. You're chasing the dragon, except yeah. the dragon is a relationship or uh, an an abusive, just power struggle. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> very
0: very unclear. This album's very vague, and I think mm-hmm. that's why I wrote so much about it.
1: Well, I'm glad you wrote a lot about it because I I was just over here fucking in the dark, like. Like I, I, can't understand what's happening. My brain's too small. I can't think of. <laughs>
0: well, there is a lot of dark on this album. There's also a lot of light on this album. I, I think that's a theme that maybe I clung to too much, perhaps. But I feel like maybe it was intentional that they they included a lot of darkness and light, like imagery in, in their lyrics. But uh, since I've already gored the segue to track number ten, we're gonna we're gonna move right on to
1: track number ten. Gourd. Gourd. not like gourd like uh, like an acorn squash.
0: Oh, like, yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Look at the word I, I never would have thought. thought that was like, yeah, gored as in like stabbed, S- impaled.
1: Yeah. Ripped the Hid entrails a, out of. W- with a bullhorn or something. Yeah. But not like a bullhorn, like the thing that makes your voice louder. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like a literal bull's horn. <laughs> Anyways, track number <of> 10, G O R E D, <laughs> for full, full clarity. This one returns to the aggression. We've had a few tracks where it's more of the kind of shoegazy rock stuff, but this one kind of comes in with some industrial, super distorted guitars that make some like whining machine, like noises that are kind of cool. The drums kind of slowly plod through it and the vocals rise up, creating this great build for the first minute of the track before breaking into the the quote unquote song. Uh, It's a pretty intense and heavy song. Again, all harsh vocals, pounding drums, gente guitars kind of just going at it. This might be the most aggressive track on the album, Uh, But it's definitely the most one that we've had in a a while at this point because we're 10 tracks in and the last few have been pretty chill. Uh, Because of that, I I don't have a lot of interesting notes about the song specifically.
1: Yeah, I didn't really either. But to call back to you talking about making the instruments scream, they're like fucking torturing their instruments on this one. It's just very dissonant and cutting. But they do achieve this really cool effect that the instruments, as heavy as they are, it sounds like they're wet and, like, drippy. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's a cool effect. But, yeah, other than that, it is, like, it's just kind of their, their heavier type sound that you hear earlier on the album. Yeah. But uh, this one, I don't know if it's supposed to be about, like, an actual physical manifestation of a beast and, like, that's what they're, I guess, comparing this other person to. Or if it is comparing it to some form of like mental issue, like anxiety or depression for like, I don't know if it's from the, if we're going with the pessimist optimist deal, if it's from the pessimist, like not knowing how to, I guess compartmentalize heavy depression or heavy anxiety about Mm -hmm. the world and comparing it to being gored by a beast or if he's talking about, I don't know her or it or whoever this other person is, comparing them to the beast
0: yeah so this one i actually took this from the other perspective and i felt like this was from the perspective of the antagonist of at least my the- of my theming of the album and it made me kind of wonder like maybe all of the harsh vocals in this album are the antagonist speaking to the protagonist i don't think that's actually the case but the thought did cross my mind uh, but in this one it seemed like the antagonist is now kind of hunting the protagonist down and trying to destroy them for getting out of the loop that they were stuck in right if the if the protagonist was you know in love with this being or way of life or its religion or whatever, the antagonist was kind of swaddling them in the protagonist broke out and has run away at this point and this is the the antagonist kind of coming back to hunt them down and kill them for thinking that they could get away and spread the truth about what the antagonist really is kind of a thing
1: yeah i like i i like the theme of the harsh vocals being a separate entity
0: yeah i don't think that's actually the case because i think uh in the next track i kind of backtrack on that a bit with the lyrics but i i also really like the idea of having an (laughs) album like that
1: yeah, it, and especially since, like, with the the demon filter over right. his voice in the previous song, it'd be like, it'd just be a really cool added thing.
0: Yeah, but, something yeah. that's not immediately evident, but once you think about it... I mean, fucking side note, Metalocalypse shout-out of the week, I guess. <laughs> uh, Brennan Small does that yeah. with his solo albums, at least, in Galacticon, like... His he, he's, he has a range of voices. I mean, he voice acted for all of the characters, like all of, well, not all, of most of the, the characters in Metalocalypse, but even singing voices, he has several of them, and he uses them to represent different characters on his Galacticon albums, which is kind of fun.
1: So there we go. Maybe not a Metalocalypse wreck, Galacticon wreck. A Galacticon
0: wreck, yeah. <laughs> we can go listen to Galacticon 1 and 2, which is kind of indirectly maybe Metalocalypse wreck as well, because Galacticon 2... Is pretty much the ending of Metalocalypse that never happened, but now there's a Metalocalypse ending that's going to happen. So
1: I'm too not nice. even going to get my hopes up, man. I'm just going to stay <laughs> mad forever. Yeah. And if it comes out, then maybe I'll be happy. But <laughs> well, you know, heavy the... is
0: the head that falls with the weight of a thousand thoughts, Joey. So don't let it eat you up too much.
1: Well, I have a thousand and one thoughts and my head, is already <laughs> in the sand. But yeah. you know, we'll be track talking about track number eleven. Heavy is the head that falls with the weight of a thousand thoughts. Man, Jeez, that's what a, is this? A mid two thousands emo <laughs> record? Lately?
0: I'm just surprised I segued it so so easily without thought. But I mean, me I guess it is, I guess it is a complete thought in itself, so yeah. it's easy to work in, as opposed to you know 451 days is not really a, a complete thought. But uh, yeah, blast beats immediately, just pounding the shit out of the intro, and it, this one gave me death heaven vibes. Yeah, because it's just like this wall of sound that you've described it as Uh, the gritty ass bass kind of comes in and it leads into the first verse, quote unquote. And the song is, again, just another really intense song, and I don't know how to describe it outside of that. And then the outro is just kind of like I I really like the outro on this one because the guitar is kind of just sustain for a while. And then it slowly fades out as some like ambient noise kind of rises up in its place. And then it's followed by like another acoustic little section
1: yeah this song it's just super cool i mean the deaf heaven vibes are real at the beginning yeah and they do that style like really well because you you can kind of hear stuff similar to it in the music mm-hmm. in other songs but this is the i think the only track where he nails like the vocals for that style of music yeah, yeah in the intro as well and he's just he's really good at it like they could totally do a whole album like that and i'd I'd buy it. I would actually buy that. I would. I. I pay for Spotify. I would buy that album. I don't know if you but, would, Joey. I don't believe you. Well, you know what? I talk a lot of game, and I have none, <laughs> so maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's a super cool, and then it turns into the kind of more metalcore style that they have, and kind of, it kind of flirts that line where you, it it lands in a spot where you can kind of hear the newish black metal shoegaze influence and the more gent metal core type influence. And it just, it's a nice mesh of both of those. And then, yeah, it ends on some like creepy warped sounding voices followed by that nice acoustic guitar piece.
0: Yeah, I think it's so like, it's so interesting that they decided to include acoustic guitar pieces within such a like heavy... Metal and electronic and industrial kind of album because it's it's it just it's something that you don't hear often if ever in like modern metal, yeah. Nobody nobody uses acoustic guitars,
1: like grandpa's
2: fucking, guitars, <laughs> there's guitar, <so> your <laughs> mental <Oculus> reference,
0: <laughs> but yeah, lyrically, uh, this one is where I'm like, okay, well, maybe the harsh vocals specifically aren't the antagonist, but I'm kind of questioning the antagonist as a whole at this point in my notes where it, the song seems like the protagonist was at rock bottom at some point he was overwhelmed with depression and anxiety. And when he called out for help, nobody was there to help him. He calls out the whole world, I think in the song or all of earth or, or something. I don't remember what he says specifically, but then it seems like the antagonist was a character that had shown up and began to help him at least he thought that was what they were doing but really they just took advantage of him and it sent him farther into depression kind of a thing and the antagonist at this point is beyond saving in his eyes because they kind of like they came to him when he was low offered help but then spat in his face with it kind of a thing and he's just like no fuck you you're beyond saving you know it at this point because like at at some point in the song he says you missed it your ticket to heaven no window that tempts you to the other side so like they're not even tempted to be a good person is what he's saying essentially like you're not going to heaven you're going to hell but not only that like you're not even trying to get into heaven there's nothing in heaven or hell there's there's no reason for you to try to do anything at this point you're just evil kind of a thing
1: yeah that's essentially what i got as well just like somebody who is beyond all repair like completely just lost control of their, their moral compass. Not maybe not even lost control. They have f- full control of it. Like you're saying, yeah. and they're just they're not just choosing to be assholes. <laughs> I'm going to be a fucking dick. Cause why not? Yeah.
0: And this is also a song where I kind of like, like, like I mentioned that I, I, even though I made it seem like the antagonist is a specific person, I kind of had the second thought of like, okay, well maybe the antagonist is just the personification of society as a whole kind of thing everyone's caught up in their own lives and instead of helping those that need it the protagonist was looking for instead of looking for faith in a religious sense was looking for faith in humanity and he wanted to believe that there was more good than bad kind of bringing back the the whole pessimist and optimist thing but it seems like at this point he's like no like that's not the truth there's no optimist left and he's just pissed at the world because the world's just absolute shit
1: yeah well you know um i i can't say i blame you for thinking that way mr pessimist but there <laughs> there is there's there's some good in the world why not there's some but there's some. It's also a whole lot of bad <laughs> well you know what there's there's enough good for me if i just stay in my house forever and yeah. never come out and never have to deal with anything and all of my cartoons are happy. I never have to see another. <laughs> I never have to see a sad cartoon on my TV because I have Netflix. I get to choose what I want to watch.
0: That's true. So, but I mean, you, I like watching sad cartoons.
1: Yeah, me too. But track number 12 is called a sad cartoon.
2: I Also,
0: this is, this is my gamble here. Cause there are three tracks left on this album and I've not guessed your favorite track. So it's, it's either this one or it's what? the final track. No, I'm are, are, are you, are you got- and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's this one. Is
1: this it is. Favorite? It is this one. <laughs> okay. And with a little bit of mix of the next one. As sure.
0: Well. Yeah. They're, they're one cohesive unit in my mind. So, but yeah,
1: this it's a really good song. It's super cool. It's I agree. Just... <laughs>
0: this might be my favorite. I well, This is either. one that I noted that this is one of my favorite tracks on this album, but I think if I had to pick one, I would probably pick this one as well.
1: Well, I, I'm going to go out and uh, stamp my seal of approval on this one and pick it because it just starts off with that reverby clean guitar, then leads into a big distorted sound. Like the riffage here reminds me of something straight out of like the late 90s, even. Yeah. And I like it. And just the whole ambience of the song, not even just the sounds in the background, but just the general feel that they get to pour out of their instruments. It, yeah, seriously. It, it sounds very starry when the verse is happening. Like you're out outside. There's not, not necessarily twinkly, but it's like, you can hear the night sky above you. Yeah, And it just, then it gets broken by this intense choppy guitar in the chorus and pre chorus. And the washed out vocals give a super fucking cool effect Mm -hmm. during the bridge. And, ah, it just, just the yeah. vibe, the vibe,
0: <laughs> the vibe is off the charts on this one for sure. We need to get a new vibe because I was broke from how vibey this song is. But yeah, like everything you said, I'm, I'm, with I'm 100% we're in church. I'm just going, amen, you know, <laughs> amen, brother. But like, yeah, seriously, it goes, it has such a like dark direction to it, but it still keeps the floaty softness and it's just, it's such a joy to listen to this song and the next one as well. But it, it's just, it's so pleasant. Everything about it is just, it's, it's gorgeous. I love this track. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous.
1: <laughs> what, so what do you think this song's about? Because I kind of got, a, I kind of got an idea, but I want to hear yours before. Okay, so I, I think this one, mine.
0: judging just by line length or the number of lines, I think I've written more for this song than any other song. <gasps> oh. But, uh, so this song I feel like is a letter of reflection to the antagonist. That the, the protagonist is writing. The course demonstrates that the antagonist made it seem like the protagonist was in control of the situation, and that it was his choice to come back to the warm safety and ignorance in the light. Again, kind of tying into light and dark, because they play with a lot of like light jokes, not jokes, wordplay, I guess. But uh, he's acknowledging that there was some appeal to her beauty. To, of of that warmth and safety, but it seems like he's prepared to stay away from her at this point. He's kind of breaking out of that cycle where normally he would go back. Uh, he invites her to see things outside of her perspective, which again is the light. And comments that by the time he she, that she does or is able to kind of step outside of her own perspective, he'll be gone. I really like the bridge in this because he talks about swirling colors, and to me, maybe this was me leaning way too hard into the the whole light motif but it seemed like it could be symbolizing her light being passed through a prism kind of a thing. So if you take white light, pass it through a prism, you get this kind of spectrum of swirling colors kind of a thing. So I was like, okay, well maybe that's showing all of the aspects of the antagonist's true self. When all of the good aspects are blended in with all of the bad ones, it's kind of hard to call attention to the bad ones. And it's, it's easy to make excuses for them, I guess. And he's inviting her to like say, okay, set all that aside take an objective view of what you really are kind of thing. And then he ends by remarking that despite her lies and despite her deception, trying to get him to stay, she never once thought to ask him what he'd do if he wasn't afraid of her wrath, meaning that she never really gave him a choice. She never cared what he wanted to do. She just put up the illusion so that he would want to stay kind of a thing. And this is him kind of realizing that. And I think that that the whole prism light spectrum thing has a deeper implication that I didn't get to until the next uh or until the end of the album I think but that that's my thoughts and rant
1: and rant well then I'll start <laughs> mine's mine's not really a rant cuz I I essentially agree with you this just with the thought that this song is where I really started to dig into the I guess the two sides of the same coin like mm-hmm. the the mental struggle of different parts of yourself where it's like you have a part of yourself that's just beaten the shit at like manipulating the other part of you which could be I guess categorized as anxiety social anxiety like even in the in the first verse where in bloom you sing such beautiful colors what a shame in this world that beauty alerts the others so it's like maybe you can even know your strengths or you can know something good about yourself and that manipulative part of yourself will still find a way to make you suppress it. Be mm-hmm. like, you don't do it because well then everybody's gonna be looking at you or whatever, and you know how anxious you get whenever you're in a social situation or just like general thoughts like that, like those invasive thoughts, and yeah. that's kind of the I guess the the duality there wherein I guess instead of another person it's just yourself trying to I I guess manipulate yourself into submission to yourself I don't know but no like it's... I,
0: I agree with you I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head and I kind of came to that conclusion in the last track it took me a little bit longer to get there but I agree I think in in the last track I kind of noted that the antagonist isn't any one of the things I had suggested it's just it's himself and his internal anxieties and issues that he's maybe projecting onto ideas like religion and relationships and society to kind of help him process things in a more tangible manner perhaps where like he he's the optimist inside of the pessimist you know the pessimist sees the light as an attack on the comfortable darkness he's used to and he's so good at like quenching the light and dismissing it as irrational or even hostile so it kind of ends up running back to the darkness because it's just what he's familiar with
1: yeah you always run back to what you're comfortable to yeah, which is uh, it's a
0: pretty sad cartoon re- reprisal.
1: <laughs> yep, it is a reprisal <laughs> of that said sad cartoon.
0: Yeah, track number 13 is a sad cartoon reprise.
1: Yeah, it and goes. this is why I added this onto saying last track. These these two tracks are my favorite, I guess, because I yeah. like the way they fall I mean, into they're, each they're other.
0: They're both titled A Sad Cartoon. Clearly yeah. it was one idea. They just split it up for an unknown reason.
1: So they could keep... Uh, Screaming is the la- longest song on yeah. the album. That's why they did it. <laughs> yeah, they
0: did it with want a out-length screaming. Yeah. But yeah, this one, it's a perfect outro track to a sad cartoon. Like, it it, it has some calm, spacey synth ambient stuff that just gives everything time to kind of settle down and sink in, and it feels like this is kind of the end before the end kind of a deal where there's there's some sort of resolution being achieved here.
1: Yeah, this one... At first, whenever I started writing notes for it, I thought I caught a glimpse glimpse of like a slightly hopeful sound coming through, almost yeah. a little staticky. But I, the more I think about it, the more I wonder how true that hope is, or if it's just like bitter sweetness yeah. coming through. Because I, I, after. I, I thought that after having heard the last song is when I changed from hope. Too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it sounds trembling and nervous. So I didn't know if it was hopeful to be like, maybe something good will happen. But then yeah, it, it
0: does seem that way. It kind of has this, like the, the, like you
1: mentioned earlier in the album, this kind of
0: like hopes on the horizon kind of a thing. Yeah. Like you can see it. It's there. You're approaching the goal. You're approaching the good, but you're not quite there yet.
1: Yeah. And why would anything ever be good anyways? I mean, I let it in, and it took everything. So it's all just shit anyways.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think he discusses that a bit more in the next track. Track number 14, I let it in, and it took everything.
1: Ha 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 That's the name we, of the album. We nailed
0: <laughs> pretty much every segue. I just want to acknowledge that, because that never happens.
1: Dude, we're getting we're getting decent. Mad decent, we're getting man. Mad that's a, decent. That's a Diplo, hook us up.
0: <laughs> 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 Sponsored by Diplo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one, it starts with some very, like, dark and creepy guitar effects, and it kind of reminded me of Slipknot's .5 Mm -hmm. album that we talked about, just because it's so, like, ambient and creepy in some way that I can't really define. Uh, The vocals are very quiet but clean, and they feel like they're more of a texture than what vocals usually are being, like, a prominent thing. And then the song kicks in with the drums, and I just, I really enjoy the sound of this track as well. It has kind of all of the staple sounds that we've heard throughout the album. And it just kind of ties everything together, solidifying the album as a whole as like a a cohesive piece of work. I think there's a very like empty, quiet section in this around like three and a half minutes, three forty-five ish, and it's just so like spacious and echoey, and there's not a lot of sounds filling it. So I just kind of feel like I'm floating through a big open room. And then it kind of ends. This is my only gripe with this this album (laughs) is that it kind of ends feeling like it's going to continue into the next track. Like, it, it's, it's it doesn't really resolve things in the way I was expecting. And I think it, it was probably intentional. I mean, I guess it was 100% intentional because they did it. But <laughs> I, I don't know what I would want the ending to sound like, but because, like, even the song title is, I let it in and it took everything and it has an ellipsis after it. Meaning that, like, it's not the end of the thought of the album, of the song. It just kind of, like, drifts off and maybe it maybe it drifts off into the album we're doing next week
1: maybe not. oh maybe it does i i hope it does because that <laughs> would be great but <laughs> so yeah you 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 summed it up because this the song sums up the album like it is i i guess a really good representation of this whole entire album that that cool effect they have on the guitar at the beginning makes it sound so clangy it sounds like I guess industrial, since I've I've used that before, so I'll use it again. (laughs) But yeah, I mean the vocals don't really sound like the Deftones type sound anymore. Like it seems like this one, he's definitely leaning into. Not that he's ever trying to emulate Deftones, but there just are certain parts where it comes through a lot, and I'm sure they were a huge influence on these guys. Sure, but he really i I like his i guess super original vocals a lot on this track i guess i I don't know i don't know what i'm saying here i'm trying to say that i like the originality of this (laughs) song so i'll just say that then because that's what i'm trying to say but
0: i I like the way you said that lyrically i already talked about pretty much what i had on this when we talked about uh, a sad cartoon so, if you have any lyrics things you want to you want to go through real quick, okay. go for it.
1: Well, how I think that the music sums up the album as a whole. I think the lyrics sum up the album as a whole. Really, kind of just it completes the whole story, where it's talking about, I guess, this person, this entity, these thoughts, this part of himself that have been he 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 was opened up to them. The fragility that comes with letting someone or something in. And then the fragility being shattered, like you're just shattered whole because of that the the reason the pessimist is a pessimist is because of the feeling that they are describing in this song, I guess,
0: hell yeah, I agree with you it's it's fucking it's a wild trip this album, I like it, and clearly, clearly, you like it.
1: well, you know what? I hope I like the next album too
0: yeah some just one thing before we get to that i i was just sitting here while you were rambling on and i was totally listening to what you were saying <laughs> uh on genius i i clicked on the uh the final tracks lyric notes uh and they have an about thing here uh which I've not read prior to this, but I was reading it while Joey was talking because I'm a terrible co-host. <gasps> uh, but he said, but it says I let it in and took everything is the deconstruction of safety. The record title itself is set to evoke varied thoughts and feelings, depending on what perspective it's viewed from it being enigmatic and non-descriptive could be many things for many different people on a visceral level. The title holds huge relevance to this point of our lives and this point in life of love to us. The song provokes feelings of tragedy dismay, and defeat not one to be tied into the norm of a happy ending. Whereas in reality, the completion of the record throughout everything is a happy ending for them. So it's, it's kind of like pretty much everything that we we've talked about, about like it being intentionally vague and applicable to things and having different perspectives on the same thing. apparently intentional. So they fucking crushed it.
1: Hell yeah, they did. We, uh, we, we don't get a lot of things. And we got these things.
0: We got these things. So Loath, if you want to come on and pat us on the back, you, know, you can do so. But we don't need your opinion. We've clearly nailed it. We figured your album out. Checkmate. Yeah. We know everything there is to know about it.
1: What do you say when you're Australian and you get to leave a restaurant?
0: Don't even don't do this to me, Joey.
1: Checkmate. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah. It. I heard you say checkmate, so I had to say it.
0: Yep, that's why I knew where you were going. That's
1: <laughs> why so he's gonna make a checkmate thing out of this.
0: Anyways, next week we're, we're doing another Loathe album and it's not one that I loathe. Well, <laughs> what is it then? It's The Things They Believe, which is the follow-up album to this. Again, I think I mentioned this last week. We're doing two weeks of Loathe. I'm not 100% sure if The Things They Believe is supposed to be like a double album. Like the second album of this series kind of a thing, but I think aesthetically it fits. The album art leads me to believe so as well. They both came out within like a year of each other so i i I consider them one thing despite some differences that are going to be very apparent did you have a chance to listen to this earlier joey the album yeah the album we're doing next week
1: no okay
0: because i i for i guess behind the scenes i wasn't sure i would be able to record tonight so i told joey to go ahead and listen to the next week's album if he uh wanted to get a head start on it just in case i
1: I would be doing that right now if we weren't recording, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we are, and boy, howdy, it's been an hour and twenty minutes. I knew it was going to be long.
1: That wasn't but, so... super long though. Yeah, like, we, we, I mean, we, we did work. It's it's semi long, I it, guess. It's,
0: it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not. It's probably not the longest one we've done.
1: But <laughs> no, the longest is Neutral Milk Hotel, <laughs> two hours because I it? get to talk about somebody reading a book.
0: Well, now I don't feel so bad anymore. But yeah, next week we're doing the next album from their discography, which is the things they, they believe. Uh, I really like that album as well. And I think in conjunction with this album, it'll have some interesting discussions hopefully. But, uh, if you guys liked this episode, liked this album, let us know in the comments, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, social media, Instagram. I think we're, we're there too. Yeah, I guess we have to be, uh, but yeah, leave, leave us some thoughts. Let us know what your perspective on this is, what your, your aspect of your prism Kind of shines through on the light still, still forcing the light thing here in our, in our ending thing. But uh, whatever you do, stay in our feedback loop.